All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones. And Carl, schedules have officially cleared up. A little more time in our lives, in our, in our working availability, because Buffalo Bills are not going to be Super Bowl chance. They lost the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, at this point, everybody knows. Carl, you were there on the sidelines just... Kind of take us through what you saw on the sidelines, what it was like being there, and and how quiet things got when Tyler Bass missed that field goal. <laughs> yeah, it got it got a little real real quiet after that play, but for the most part, it was a really electric experience. Like I was telling somebody before the game, I really don't get too, um, I don't get fuzzy feelings inside or anything of that matter when I'm at stadiums because like for majority of my life, I've been in big stadiums and, and stuff of that nature. But on that Sunday. You kind of felt it. It just felt different in there. It was the biggest home game in Orchard Park uh, since the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. So the fans showed up. It, it was cool to see the players in that limelight. And unfortunately for the Bills, they came up short yet again to uh, the cream <laughs> of the crop in the AFC. But, uh, I mean, it sucked in the way that it ended for T-Bats especially. Um, good on Josh Allen for, for consoling him in the best way he could uh, after the game because obviously he needed it. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool to be there and it just, the, the air and the, and the, and the stadium just felt different. So on Sunday. Yeah. Not the way, uh, you know, Tyler Bass obviously wanted the end of his season to go, you know, there, there's been uh, obviously reports about him getting threats on social media, et cetera, Bill's mafia turning that around, you know, shunning out the, the few bad apples and donating a lot of money for, for charity as, as always seems to happen. So T- tough scad for the Buffalo Bills, you know, four or three straight losses in the divisional round, three out of the last four to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, it's going to be tough moving forward. But, hey, Brandon Bean certainly has shown in the past he has found ways to get quality players. But, I don't know, he's got, he's got to figure out a way to beat Mahomes and uh, Burrow when it matters most. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, at this point, I think Bill's Mafia is like, look, all the regular season accolades are cute and all, but at this point, we're trying to reach the mountaintop, uh, not just Mahomes, but of all the other juggernauts in the AFC, like Lamar this weekend, and then clearly Burrow, who didn't even make the dance this year because of his injury. But yeah, they got it's tough sledding, but as long as you got 17, um, I think uh, the guys over at One Bill's Drive feel confident. So with that being said, we turn our attention now much more to high school sports. We're going to get some more stories out for you. You know, the local college scene, we're going to get some more games because, you know, you know, we can't just say, hey, what did Josh Allen say today? Oh, what's McDermott up to uh, these days? So now we get to diversify our content a little bit. You know, I'm sure uh, some of the, the more avid listeners and, and followers of high school sports will appreciate that. And we start today with the huddle. We go into our teams to watch, or, or excuse me, our teams of the week, the teams that really stood out in the past seven days impressing us, showing why they deserve to get our praise and recognition and will be a problem come playoff time. Carl, your team of the week. The Wayne Eagles boys. And I know last time I hopped up on the episode, maybe two <laughs> weeks ago, the Wayne parking lot and I didn't get along. You know, I'm sorry about the grass. If it did mess up, I think it snowed a couple of days after that. So I think we are right there. But in all actuality, what the Eagles have done on the floor has been really impressive, especially over the past week and week and some change. They finally did finish that game with Newark. That was yesterday. And they won on a buzzer beater. So they literally shot the lights out, the fireworks, however, whatever pun you want to use. 
Um, shout out to Mr. Steven Habecker hitting a game-winning uh, shot last night to, to get the dub over Newark where that game finally got completed. But then also they got some other impressive wins over Marcus Whitman and then Geneva as well as another uh, bunch of teams and be Class B two and then uh, Geneva is also in Class A as well. So it's impressive wins over some teams that are high up in the standings in the respective classifications. Like I said before, I was already locked in on the Eagles because of the Blankenberg family. They got another one over there that's doing his thing. I think P.J. Ostrowski is also um, also a good start as well this season. But the Eagles, they're 12-2. and two. I know their, their regular season schedule, you, you got to – I'm not going to say take it with a grain of salt, but you kind of got to weigh it against their competition to a certain extent based off some of the, uh, the county schools. But nonetheless, you can only play who's in front of you. Their two losses this year have come from teams out of Section 5. So – Impressive resume, eight wins in a row, and based off with the last three games, they had to be my team of the week. Yeah, I mean, and the thing with Wayne is here in Class A, obviously, like you mentioned, their schedule isn't as tough as, you know, East plays, as Monroe plays, as Sutherland plays, but they're beating who they're playing. And, and these teams that are in, you know, their league aren't, you know, you know, <laughs> ain't no scrubs, that's for sure. They've got some quality players. They, you know, the teams that they beat are going to be, competitors come playoff times your newarks your genevas of the world and class a you know double a is dominated by athena this year they're they're gonna have some strong tests but double a is certainly gonna run through athena you really can't say that about anybody in class a you know east is at 11 and one i've seen them a handful of times haven't been super impressed with the eagles you know they've got some really quality players they've got some talented folks still waiting to see who they're you know they don't really have a an A1 dominant force who can take over a game. They've struggled in some late-game scenarios, I think, because of that. Monroe, I think I might put as my favorite. You know, Sutherland's really good, too. But there's, like, five or six teams who I could see taking this thing in Class A. So you, you get a Wayne team that, you know, has, has been through these close games that, you know, obviously they win this buzzer beater. You get hot at the right time. I don't think there's any reason why Wayne can't be – you know, the, the top team when all things are said and done in Class A this year. Yeah. We tried to catch them one time. Unfortunately, <laughs> the transformer blowing out kind of prevented that. Hopefully this time the lights are on or if I'm able to catch them again and I don't have to drive in no grass and, and, and ruin the, the Wayne parking lot. But nonetheless, that's not my fault. Mother Nature helped me out on that with the snow coming in. So, hey, the, the Wayne Eagles – Looking good so far, and hopefully they continue to uh to keep up this nice restaurant. Yeah, they're not they don't really have any close by games on round ball Fridays, but maybe we can get out to Wayne on one of these Tuesday or Wednesdays, see the Eagles finally in action. My team of the week, I'm going to the ice once again. I believe I was no, I think I did Athena last week, but either way, Hilton boys hockey, my team of the week. They are eleven and four on the season. It's kind of gotten overlooked. In, uh, you know, the Section 5 mix so far, you know, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got McQuaid in, in class, in class, you know, Division 1, how they, how they word it in hockey. Hilton's been lurking around, and this past week, they really put everybody on notice with two statement victories. They take down Schrader, at the time, the number one uh, Division 2 team in, in all the land, or maybe they, they just recently dropped down. But either way, they're still top five. They take down Schrader five to four. Cam Stewart, three goals in the victory. Hunter Hudiman, two goals, including the game winner on the power play with a minute to go. And then they take down Portside five to one on Tuesday. Portside, a team that, you know, ha has been lurking in these rankings. They, they briefly popped up. A, a very quality team, an impressive five to one victory there. 
They're 11 and four on the season. Two of those losses are outside of section five leading the way for them so far this season. Cameron Stewart previously mentioned 17 goals, 10 assists. Hunneman with eight goals on the season. Casey Hanrahan with six goals and nine assists. And then in that for the cadets, Aiden Hill, he's got a 2.01 goals against average, really quality there. And then a 9.33 save percentage. So Hilton, you know, they kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start with those out of section five losses. You know, they previously, they just recently lost to Greece before this little winning streak, an impressive win by the storm there. But they're, they're they're making a name for themselves. They've got a, a winnable schedule down the stretch. You've got Brighton HFL and then Spartan Hockey, which could be very well two wins there. Then they've got some tougher games with Penfield, Victor, and Thomas, where you win two out of those three, you're coming into sectionals on a really good winning streak. You're feeling good about themselves. I think Hilton's a team where, you know, you, you can't count them out come playoff time, come Division One. I. I think it's just really cool how, some of the hockey teams went over the past two, three years, your Pittsburghs, your, your Penfields, your Victors, those have been the cream of the crop. And then the team like Hilton, who I don't want to say it's been a bad program, but they haven't really been at that peak level that the other programs have. And then this season, they, they're announcing themselves that, hold on, hold on, we, we, we try to be with the big dogs too. So I think that's always cool when, the, when those programs um, go through their, their webs, their, their ups and downs, and you get to see um, they, them excel and get, get the flowers they deserve that you're just giving them right now. So I think that's kind of cool what I'm taking away from this. Haven't been able to catch them, obviously, this year. But when you have a nice little stretch that they're on right now, hey, come sectional time, we might have some new blood in there, and that's always cool to see. Yeah, I have not been able to catch them as well. And to your point, the last four sectional, last four sectional tournaments, they've only got one win, and that was a 9-3 to blowout against uh, WFL in 2021. Not really, a, you know, I think they were having a pretty down year that year. So really haven't competed come playoff time, but they're certainly showing that they are not going to be an easy out when sectional playoffs come around. Moving on to our Eyes on You teams, the teams that are catching our attention. We just think you just need to learn a little more, more about them, whether or not they become a sectional favorite or just a really fun team to watch with some really fun players. Carl, your Eyes on You team for this week. Yeah, young women's prep. Man, I, I mean, look, I know y'all probably like, hold on, have y'all ever talked about them on the huddle? Listen, I saw them a couple Fridays ago on Roundup, Rombo Roundup. Go ahead and check that episode out. It was kind of cool to highlight. I'm sure we're about to pop them in right here. This team is led by Jazelle Strong, and she is fun to watch. First off, first thing that caught my eye, she wear number 30. So the first thing I think of, don't tell me that she can shoot from behind the line like Steph Curry. <laughs> Lo and behold, first bucket that I see, half-court line, like right here, she pull up like right there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. She she right in front of the half-court line, pulling from right there. Phenomenal player. Uh, really, really fun to watch. There's some stats for her. She set the school record twice in a week, 34 one game and then 37 the, the next game. So she was on a heater. Um, then set the school record the game after that with nine three balls. I, I mean, Jazelle Strong doing her thing. And the team itself, five wins in a row in Class A. They're at eight and six on the season now. Don't know how much noise they'll make in the postseason. I'm not saying all that, but I know she's fun to watch. The team is having success because of it. And when you set in school records, two of them in a week, I got to give you some love. And you definitely caught my attention with that. So Jazelle Strong, wearing 30, shooting like Steph Curry. Ooh-wee, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, no matter the level of competition, no matter who you're playing, you're putting up numbers like that, you're putting the ball in the hoop like that, definitely worthy of some praise. 
you know, like, like you mentioned, the schedule they're playing really isn't the strongest in the world. Are they going to compete come sectional time? You know, it, it'd be quite an upset for that. But still, you know, a really fun story. And, and yeah, Young Women's Prep, I think prior to this year, I don't know if I've ever been out to a Young Women's Prep game. Just because, you know, some of these small charter schools, really, you know, the city schools, we, we get to them when it's convenient. You know, if they play an early game like they're doing a lot this year. We get out to a five o'clock game, a four thirty, a five thirty game. We get we get some girls some love on TV. You know, it's a fun time. But but you know, she's really turned into one of those players where, regardless of you know class, school, competition, opponents, she's she's putting up stats where you really have to take notice. And it's going to be fun to watch her down the stretch. Uh, that's for sure. See if she can continue this and set more school records. I'm- Jazel, you got 34, 37. What about a 40 ball in there? Let's see if we can get to 40. And I know I know you got it in you for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. Do we know her class off the top of our heads here? Do we know if I, she's got more years to come? I think she's a junior. I think I said junior on air one time. I, I think she's a junior. Um, right. I know she's not a senior. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's a junior, though. And, and I mean, okay. hey, she stick around another year. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we'll see if we can get to that uh, little factoid of information. But I'm going to move on to my eyes on you team. The Gananda Blue Panthers girls, girls basketball team really been getting done mostly all season long. They're currently ranked six in the state. But but the real reason why I want to highlight the, uh, the Blue Panthers here is because th- their season has, you know, had s- some ups and downs. They're 11-2 on the season, partially because of the fact that Haley Marvin, a player who we've highlighted for years on Section 5 Best Doing Things, she's going to play D2 ball eventually after she finishes up her senior season. She leaves Ganana. She she switches schools. She goes to Wayne. So, you know, we went out to one game. I, I sent uh, Carl over. They were taking on Mercy because, all right, we need some uh, Haley Marvin footage for the next time we feature her on Section 5 Best. We're, you know, they're right down the street. We're going to get them. And Carl comes back, and, she, and you're like, she's not there. She she wasn't there. I talked to Paul. You know, apparently she transferred. So I'm like, okay, well, Gananda, we don't have to worry about them anymore. They just lost their best player. You know, they're done. Blue Panthers heard my thoughts, apparently, and made it clear that they are not done. Thanks to the the talents, the skills of Miss Eva Jenny. 40 points this week in a victory over HAC. 20 in the first quarter alone. So this ain't no, you know score 15 points on, you know, free throws in the fourth quarter type of thing, just because you're holding on to the ball. 20 points in the first quarter alone, 40 for the game. It took down HAC 70-32. Jenny has been getting it done now as the primary focal point of that offense. She had 21 points uh, and a tough loss to Waterloo, a really competitive game. She had 26 against Panyan. She had 31 against uh, Clyde Savannah. None of those uh, opponents other than Waterloo, really anything to to write home about. However, they did get a 57-43 win, win against Wellsville, who is 9-5 on the season. They really took care of business against uh, Williamson Marion. They're 6-4 on the season. They beat them 69-37. to They got two more games down the stretch to see if they can really prove that they belong in this this C1 playoffs down the stretch. They, they face East Rochester and Lions coming down the stretch. They beat them earlier in the season when they had Marvin on the team. They beat both of those teams, so that's going to be a really nice one-two punch of games there, both against some really quality teams with some really good players. 
to see if Kanata truly belongs at the top of the ranks at C1. But but still, props to Miss Jenny, props to the Blue Panthers for dealing with a little adversity in this season and continuing to chug along here as we get into January and February. The adversity is 100% right. I mean, you lose a player of that that caliber, uh-oh, all the plays that we had all the on both sides of the floor because Marvin is a big player as well. So she's you're not going in the paint and, 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 and she's not making it easy down there for you. So the fact that they were kind of able to adjust on the fly, even Jenny's like, you know what, hold on, y'all, like – I could still make things shake around here, all right? Like, let's not let's not not doom and gloom around here, all right? And she she's making it happen. I, look, a bucket getter is a bucket getter. You put the ball in the hoop. I don't care where you're doing it at. Shout out to Miss Jenny, man. That that's that's cool stuff to see. Yeah, and you know that that game against Mercer that you went and saw. I think it was either their first game without Marvin or maybe their second. So still working out the kinks. I I know they didn't put up the most impressive performance there, but. You know, they, they figured things out. They figured out how to win with who they got. And it, it seems like they're going to be a threat down the stretch. Still, once again, ranked number six in the state. So we've got a good slate of round ball roundup games on Friday. We're going to be, be able to get out to even more games than we usually do, probably, because thanks to uh, the golf tournament out in California on CBS Friday and Saturday, we have no six o'clock shows. So we got two minions being out there to, uh, to drive around. From start to finish on this one, we'll probably be able to get too many games. That's the problem when we have these type of nights. But, Carl, what game are you watching uh, for this Friday slate on Round Ball Roundup? Your game to watch. I know y'all fed up. Girls, class, double A. Oh, my gosh. Every <laughs> single week they talk about how good the class is. I get it. Another week, deal with it. Victor, Schrader, girls. Is that Victor this time? These two teams met up early on in the season. Victor came away with the win, 46-45. This time it's at the Blue Devils' house. Hey, now, nah, I-, I-, I don't need to... I know, I, I, cliche, whatever. I don't need to dress it up no more. Victor's three and one. They're the top. I'm thirteen and one. They're the top team in Class AA this year. Schrader's uh, ten and four. No, no record to, uh, to sneeze at whatsoever. Seven fifteen start. Y'all know how that Victor parking lot can get. So make sure y'all get there a little <laughs> earlier. Maybe catch the second half of the JV game. Regardless, this is gonna be another good one. I don't care who's on the floor. These both both of these teams have a nice rotation. Seven eight off the not seven eight off the bench, but they can go seven eight deep. Um, yeah, it's class double A ball with two of the best teams in that classification. Rylan Fehrenbach, uh, Bria Watkins, Sarah Feruza, Ava Gallup, Devin Livingston. It's ballers everywhere. What more do you want? 7-15, Friday night. Make sure y'all go check it out. And Carl, I want to open up the floor back to you if you'd like to, to give a message to the Victor Blue Devils to score points in the fourth quarter for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If y'all see me in the corner with my camera, I know y'all was trying, for sure. But y'all family want to see y'all on TV later on. I know your mommies. I know your grandparents, your brothers and sisters, cousins, whoever. You know, your friend from, I don't know, Canada, where they want to see you on the TV. Please, put the ball in the hoop. The free throws is cute and all, but I, it's hard for me to do that. So put it in the hoop a little bit and make sure that y'all get on round ball roundup because I know y'all family members want to see y'all on TV. And I do, too. I, wanna, I love saying y'all names. But that's my that's my PSA to the Victor Blue Devils family. For some context to that, Victor took down Penfield last Friday. You know, it was one of our games to watch. Carl made sure he was there at the end of it. He texts me as this thing's winding down. He's like, I got no buckets from Victor. I, I got no buckets. And and Victor's winning this game. They ended up winning this game. So you can't fault them too much. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I think we, we worked this schedule pretty good. I, I'm like, when did you get there? He's like, End of the third quarter. 
They went the entire fourth quarter without scoring a field goal, just getting it done with defense, heart determination, free throws. So we beg of you, uh, the Victor Blue Devils. Score some field goals in, uh, in in the fourth quarter here. We we appreciate it. Yeah, in my game of the week, a rivalry battle, a classic one. Always a good team, a good battle when these two teams square off. Eastridge versus Aronicoit. This game going to be played at the Lancers gym for this one. Aronicoit coming into this game at eight and five on the season in Class AA. Eastridge coming in at nine and six on the season in Class A. This game's going to be a really good prove-it game for both of these teams so far because, you know, their records are nice. They've got, like, one quality win each against a really strong team. You know, Aronicoit's taking down Menden. East, uh, Eastridge is taking on down Edison. But other than that, they've got some feisty performances. ER, you know, they beat a, a, a somewhat, you know, a, a feisty HFL team. Aronicoit's got close losses to Victor. They just lost by uh, two points, I believe, to Schrader. So both of these teams are really kind of looking for a statement win to prove they belong in their respective classes this year. This is going to be the only two time these two rivals meet. Of course, you got Quinn Fankerkov on Rondekoit, Isaiah Ballard for the Eagles, East Eastridge, excuse me, I keep trying to say East Rochester, uh, Marquise Tubbs for them, Jelani Pittman. I don't think we've gotten out to an Eastridge game yet this year, maybe one. But I think I'm looking forward to seeing what Eastridge has got this year. They're a really fun program always. They've they've got a lot of talent and you know, they're well coached, both of these two teams. So it's gonna be a really fun matchup to see, you know, these two teams try and step up in what should be a really fun environment as they're taking on their rivals there. Rivalry games, point blank period. Love those football, basketball, it don't matter the sport. It hit a little different, especially when it's cross town. These two teams are probably these two all these kids known each other for a very, very long time and being able to do it on a Friday night stage, oh, I know it hits different. And, and I love the, the East Ridge gym. Um, everything about it, look, I think I've seen East Ridge earlier on in the year, if I'm not mistaken, like a, at like a tournament or something. I know it was at the gym. I don't know if I've seen East Ridge. It might have been against – I was Virtus? I don't know. Regardless, I think I've uh, I think I've seen them once or twice. I have seen around the court. Um, Quinn Baker called I, I that think, is. I think it was uh, Brighton beating them 70 to 60 is when you saw them. Reggie Smith was going off in that tournament. Yeah, I must say, I knew I was at the gym, but <laughs> Quinn Baker Cove, tough little dude. Seen him last year when they went on a uh, state title run. Happy that he's taking a step up now that they lost some players off last year's team. I can't wait. Um, hopefully, the highlights are good and they deliver because <laughs> everything on paper says that it will. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well. That game. Tipping off at 7.15, or excuse me, 7 o'clock. So should be a good feature game for us this week. Well, that'll do it for us this week on the High School Huddle. Once again, you can find us on rochesterfirst.com and on YouTube in the video portions where you can see all the highlights. If you only care about the, the sweet, sultry sounds of our voices, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you for Round Ball Roundup this week. We'll see you next week on The Huddle. For Carl Jones, I am AJ Feldman. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. And we will see you next time.